Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. The Wednesday Deeper Edition, as we spend some time looking at what we talked about this weekend in our sermon and going a little bit deeper with that. Great to have you guys with us. Pastor Scott may or may not be joining us. He is uh, dealing with a, some people right now that are looking at securing our sound booth. So um, right now it's just Tommy and I, not just... Yes, plenty. It's only me. Just Tommy. (laughs) Just Tommy. And just Pastor Don. So we're great. Nice to have you guys with us. So, um, Tommy, you were talking a little bit about that the stuff going on in Ukraine's got you a little unnerved. Yeah, everything just feels so heavy. It does. We start start to come out of COVID. I mean, COVID's still there, and it's still really got a firm grip on a lot of places in the world that don't have great access to vaccines, mm-hmm. obviously. But we feel like we're starting to come out of it here a little bit in the U.S., and now we're faced with this incredible conflict that's being shown to us in real time with social media and civilian targets getting destroyed, and it does seem pretty heavy. It's interesting because I, I felt like the other day I was kind of almost willing us back to the COVID. I'm like, that almost felt a little easier than this, you know what I mean? Which obviously I don't um, really want that for us, but I think um, it's, it almost is a um, testament of what it feels like to be kind of past the hard thing. You know, it almost is like, oh, looking back, it feels like that wasn't as hard as what this is, you know, Um, which maybe isn't even true, but we kind of get that perception after the fact. Right. You know, at least with COVID, you felt like you could have some control, especially in later stages. You could get vaccinated. Um, you could wear a mask. You mm-hmm. could distance yourself from people. So you had some control over. But with the the war in Ukraine, you just there's nothing you can do for those folks. But uh, speaking of that, there are some things that we are going to be trying to do here at Good Samaritan, which I think very important. We have set aside uh, last night actually in council. We voted to set aside five thousand dollars in funds that we're going to match. Um, of any donated funds. And then another family came forward in our church and said, we would like to add $2,000 to that matching fund mm. fund. Um, and so we're going to have up to $7,000 available in matching funds from Good Samaritan um, to match to any donations that come forward over the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to send that as it comes in. We don't want to wait because we know that there's some organizations Right now, Lutheran World Relief is working right now with organizations to make sure that they're providing things like water, beds, um, counseling, shelter for people that are coming across the border. They think it could be as many as four or five million when it's all said and done. Um, So we want to make sure that we're trying to send some help as quickly as we can to those folks. So just so you know, like I said, $7,000 in matching funds over whatever we get over the next several weeks, we will match that up to $7,000. And if you aren't sure where to to give those gifts, you can just go directly to the goodcmlv.com website. We have everything um, linked there, and Perfect. that way we can kind of see where those gifts are coming in to make sure those matches are being made right. and then distributed out to um, you Lutheran Disaster Relief, right? Right, it's going, <laughs> and we are going through Lutheran Disaster Relief. They actually, they're working with churches in Poland. They're working with Lutheran churches in Romania 
um, that are organizing, sending people, and have actually, uh, they're, they're taking refugees into some of their locations, but they're also going to the border where the people are coming in and helping there where those refugees are. So I mean, you, you can't, other than being there yourself, you're probably not going to be able to help in a, a much more concrete way than to send money through Lutheran World relief um, to get the money into the hands of people that are going to do some real good with it. Especially because 100% goes to yeah. that. Like 100% of your gifts because they have other... Right, because we send a certain amount to the Senate. The Senate sends a certain amount to the National Church. The National Church supports Lutheran World relief and that pays. That already pays the salaries, pays for the buildings and so forth. So when the donations come in, that money really goes right mm-hmm. to relief for the people that are in need. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Lutherans are that's one of the strengths of Lutherans. Lutherans are really good at social justice and social um, issues uh, service. That is, we're we're not good in other areas, but that is one area that we excel as as a in general. So, yeah, it's an easy way to make sure that we're getting your money into places that do some good. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this idea. I mean, Tommy, this is kind of going right along, right up the alley of what you were saying. You're kind of just feeling like. It's just getting heavy, and it's mm-hmm. just this plotting thing. And this week we talked a little bit about not giving up, right? We're continuing with the sermon series, Resilience. We have one week left. Pastor Scott's going to wrap it up. No, I'm sorry. We've got two weeks left. I've got one more week, and Pastor Scott's got another week. So we're in week three of this five-part series. And just this idea of we need to continue to develop resilience in our lives, and one of the best ways to do that, of course, is through our relationship with Christ and by leaning into our faith. Um, I can tell you, it's really not much to do with the sermon other than a quote that I got from him, but it seems like the Ukrainian people are being really resilient right now, mm-hmm. um, especially their leadership. Uh, it would have been, I just compare this to how things went down in Iraq, and they just left, right? They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's going to get scary, it's going to get hard, and they left where in Ukraine, they're just they're hanging in there, right? They're not giving up, and I just, some of the quotes from President Zelensky, when they asked him if he wanted to be evacuated, he goes, I need, I need ammunition, not a ride, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a couple quotes, because I was looking at some different quotes from him, and I wanted to share this one, not my sermon, but I thought this was really good. It says, neighbors always enrich one another culturally, but that does not make them one, does not dissolve us in you. It says, we are different. I love this idea, right? We're different, but we can enrich one another. It is not a reason to be enemies. We want to determine our history by ourselves in peace, calm, and honesty. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Welcome, Pastor Scott. Thank you. Nice to have you here. Yeah, we were just talking about resilience and talking about some of the resilience we're seeing from the Ukrainian people. I, I, driving in today, I was listening to a, you know, talk radio, and they were saying how Churchillian Zelensky is. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So much like Churchill and how yeah. mm. when Russia, or England was being bombed in, I think, in 1940, and some of the, some of Zelensky's wording was very similar to some of Churchill's, like, mm-hmm. we will, you know, yeah, we will gonna, fight, we, we will, will not fight, give up, not mm-hmm. give we'll up. fight him on the beaches, we'll fight him yep. in the mountains, we'll fight him in the hills. And, um, you know, and I, he's, even, he's even holding the West accountable. He's like, can't you guys see what's going on? Do more. You know, um, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right. but that seems to be uh, his, his challenge to us as well. Uh, and while we're not going to get involved in the war aspect of it here at Good Samaritan, once again, we are doing all we can 
to try to make sure that we're getting funds into the people that are helping some of the refugees. So going back to this idea of resilience, and um, if you want to take a look at that, just building up resilience in our lives. This idea, um, kind of going along with piggybacking on the Ukrainian situation, one of the main things when we, if we want to build up resilience in our lives is to not run away from our difficulties, mm-hmm. right? Um, because if you run away from them, if you pretend that they're not there, um, if you smother yourself and numb yourself to the pains in life, all it does is give them more power and limit your ability to be able to deal with them. Um, and I thought that that is, from life experience, and probably from life experience that you guys have dealt with as well, I think that is a very practical uh, quality to remember that we have to deal with our problems, whether it be grief, whether it be mistakes that we have made or failures that we have done in our lives, to face them, admit them, face up to them, apologize when we need to apologize, um, grieve when we need to grieve. I just told a brief story about a friend of mine. She's lost her mother, her brother, and her father all within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's been a kind of a cumulative effect. She's grieved a little bit. She's a very emotional person, but it's been very painful. So maybe she hasn't allowed herself to grieve as much as she would like. And so this, the death of her father recently was, has just been kind of this straw that broke the camel's back. And she's just like, I, I'm, she goes, I can't feel. Uh, I, I'm really struggling to deal with this. I haven't allowed myself to cry as much as I should. And I've kind of withdrawn from my family, withdrawn from my friends, just because I feel like I've got all this pent up emotion. And her and I had to have a talk about that. It seems like she's probably just not dealing with the loss of her father. She's not letting herself feel that pain, feel that hurt. She's running away from it. And because she is, it's causing difficulties in other areas of her life as well. Um, you know, and that's one of the consequences of not facing your problems, your failures, and your hurts head on. The 23rd Psalm, very clear on that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We said that in the message. The psalmist says you have to walk through it. Um, you don't let it overwhelm you because God's presence is with you. But you don't get to go, yea, though I get to go around the valley. Yea, though I get to run away from the valley, avoid the valley. It's yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or I walk through the darkest of valleys would depend on the translation um it's just very clear you got to go through it you know I I I was going to interrupt your sermon but I didn't Mm. Uh, so I'll do it here Uh, I grew up in what's called the Red River Valley Mm. and a lot of people in North you mean about the song no no that was in Texas that's a Red River of Texas oh okay the song but now North Dakota doesn't get a song, so... <laughs> just, Remember just the Red but <laughs> River Valley. You're getting off the All right, yes, here we go. But people... It's as flat as this tabletop, and people would say it, it, it's so boring and you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's very fertile. At the very top... we So many times in life, I think people want mountaintop experiences, but if you go on a t- tall mountain, nothing grows up there. Mm. The growth takes place in the valley. Mm. <laughs> And, and I think a lot of times, you know, we're, we're in those valleys, like the psalmist is saying, and we don't like being in the valley, but you still got to go through there. But when once you get through, you also look back and you say, that's where I grew. Some of the best growth happens. Oh, that's, I like that. That would be, that would be good. I'm glad we're doing deeper because that would have been a... 
Well, even like when you think about that mountaintop, I mean, if you want to experience that mountaintop like majesty it's grueling to get up there yeah, yeah. i mean most mountaintops are not an easy hike up you know i, I mean, just go to the ones you can drive <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you are walking yeah. through literally yeah. some like kind of hard stuff to get to the top yeah. of that physically so i think that parallels the same way you know what I mean? but but then once you're there you're not there that long mm -hmm. and then you come but that's what you know Kind of metaphorically, we all want that mountaintop experience, mm -hmm. but you're not there that long. It's life is in the valleys a lot of times. Mm -hmm. see if we get Going back to Ukraine, Zelensky, a, a quote that I used in the sermons: um, "If we come under attack, if we face an attempt to take away our country, our freedom, our lives, and the lives of our children, as because what we're finding out is they had received a lot of intel from the United States." that this attack was going to happen before the attack happened. I mean, really, I thought it was kind of a brilliant move on our leadership's part to just basically share all this information with everybody and say, this is exactly what's going to happen. And then the Russians were like, well, yeah, that's what we're planning on doing. And they couldn't like lie about it or make a bunch of excuses for it. They just kind of ended up having to follow through with it. So obviously he had intelligence and he was trying to, um, to, to firm up his people. Um, he says, if we do come under attack in our countries, our freedoms, the lives of our children, we will defend ourselves. When you attack us, you will see our faces, not our mm. backs, but our faces. And I thought that was, that's a powerful, powerful way. That's what we've got to do when we come under attack, when we uh, have failures or hurts that come into our lives. We have to deal with them with our faces. We have to deal with them face on, head on. I, 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 I don't away. want to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So it's more a rhetorical question. Why do you think, though, we don't want to face stuff head on? It's painful. We're, we're pain avoiders. It's human nature to avoid pain, don't you think? But then don't we end up wallowing in the pain anyway without we, yeah, facing but, it? But it's, it's easy. You don't, you don't think about that, I would mm -hmm. assume. Why do you think? I don't know. That's why I, I asked think the question. I think people just, <laughs> we're just pain avoiders. I mean, it's, that's not bad. It's just human nature. You don't mm -hmm. want to experience pain. Um, but I don't think a lot of people have the knowledge to know that if you don't face the pain, it just makes the pain worse. Mm. Yeah, and on. I guess I'm thinking of it, I don't have anything specific, but I'm thinking about if somebody, if you're in a difficult relationship or maybe a, with a friend and there's been some friction, it's like, well, if I go say something, maybe I'll lose the friendship. But in the meantime, there's friction there. And so the friendship isn't really what it could mm -hmm. be anyway. Mm -hmm. So the avoidance... Right. causes problems but taking it head on hmm. you worry about it too well, yeah. i wonder too if if when we're not facing it head on we're actually coping with it in ways that we don't even realize as a coping like even if it's not on the extreme end of like um drinking or gambling or that but there's other just like avoidance um mm -hmm. like you're you're watching too much tv yeah there's a lot of um coping mechanisms that I think we put in place that we don't even realize or acknowledge are actually coping mechanisms for that mm -hmm. discomfort, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's probably just a matter of trying to replace that with that relationship. Yeah. Which is hard, not as easy as like that because you can't turn the remote oh. on and have that relationship there like that. It takes a little work. <laughs> it took me years to figure out that one of my coping mechanisms growing up in a, in a home that was a little dysfunctional, a little violent, um, a safety mechanism I learned was avoidance. 
kind of emotionally avoid, just shut down emotionally, pretend it's not happening, and then physically avoid. That doesn't work so well in a marriage uh, when you're dealing with difficulties. <laughs> if, you, if you emotionally distance yourself and physically distance yourself when times get hard, it tends to not work out all that well. The other person doesn't seem to be very happy with that. Hmm. I figured that out last week after uh, <laughs> 25 years now. But so that was something, once again, just uh, not facing the the conflicts that are were in in my marriage, which every marriage has them, uh, but not facing them and kind of avoiding them, running away from them, made them worse yep. in the long run and caused more pain and hurt to, to both parties than... You know, initially. So there's another avoidance technique. You know who did not give up, Pastor Scott? Who didn't give up? In his life is the cartoonist Charles Schultz, the writer of Charlie Brown and the Peanuts cartoon. Um, Because he had failure after failure after failure. And I mentioned this in my sermon. You should definitely go watch it because, man, the way I unpack it was just brilliant. Such a good (laughs) Good orator. Unbelievable. Humility. Good grief, Pastor Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was an amazing story, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, he basically just failed just about everything he tried his entire life. And one thing I didn't get into a lot, even when he was in the military, um, some of his co-soldiers, he was kind of the quiet kid that would, the uh, quiet well, young man at that point, who would cry himself to sleep because he was so homesick and just wow. so not prepared for military life. So just a lot of his life was hard. Wow. But he didn't give up. And then turns out, I mean, most people would say, what a success. But the journey to get there was not easy. Mm. Yeah, but he just kept he kept at it. Um, you know, and he, he believed in himself enough to, to keep trying. And he has a deep well of faith. I don't know if you've ever read some of the Peanuts cartoons uh, or some of the memes that are online. But uh, there is a, a very strong Christian faith mm. um, in him, which was a big part of him not giving up and continuing to move forward through all of the disappointments. Do you think having like that um, perspective of hearing that, it kind of helps? I feel like maybe sometimes when we are kind of deep in a hard time or, you know, going through that valley, it um, can feel so isolating that you maybe look around and and maybe that kind of adds to that difficulty because you're like, ugh all these other people around me seem to just be able to keep doing whatever or they are okay. But you know, on the backside of it, you see like, man, he really struggled. It wasn't just this overnight success for him. And it's almost like having the opportunity to hear those stories kind of helps you to see like, wow, we all kind of experience this. It's, It's not just me. I'm not isolated in that, which can, that community and support can maybe help face some of those on as well you know where people could uh hear some more of those stories in a small group do we have any small groups going on we should well, let's, think ha- let's have some more you know what i think over the next two to three weeks we are going to be forming some small groups we <laughs> encourage you to sign up for one of them um because we'll be getting those started with the advent of our new sermon series coming up in three weeks called trailblazer trailblazer jesus is the trailblazer who blazed a trail not only through um sin and death, but also blazes a trail for us so that we can follow him and into new and adventurous types of places. So sign up for one of those small groups because that's important to hear other people's stories. It is. And I I want to point out too, because I know that on Good News at Noon, we have like a a significant number of people who are strictly online with us and we will have 
um, a couple of groups in place for our strictly online attenders too, so that they're still given that opportunity to join a small group and have that. Do we know so, the time the, the time for those yet? Um, I'm sure we do, but I do not know okay. personally. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll make sure to get that information to you and all of our good news is at noons next week uh, for those that are tuned in online. Because we want to make sure, because there is a lot of different ways to do community and online is definitely one of those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's good to, to get together with you guys. So resilience, if you want to build up resilience in your life that does not give up, a resilience that kind of keeps going when times get tough, another thing that's important to do is to learn from your mistakes. People say, well, you should just ignore the past. And I, I don't think that that's 100% accurate because the past has a lot to teach you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're, maybe you're too young to learn from it. So sometimes it's not a horrible idea to look back, but you don't let your past control you. Um, you don't live in the past, but you can learn from your past. Mm-hmm. And then once you've learned what you need to learn from your past, you let it go. You don't hang on to it. You don't let it contend to consume you with guilt or with regret, because those emotions don't do anybody any good. Um, that's one of the reasons Jesus came to give us forgiveness, is so that we wouldn't have to live with this ongoing guilt and regret from the mistakes that we have all made in our lives. Um, so you learn from your past, but then you leave it. And now I said leave it behind, but another place you could leave it is in the hands of Christ. You just say, I don't, I don't want this anymore. I think I've learned what I can from it. God, please take this so I don't have to live with the regrets and the guilt of the mistakes I've made or with the anger and the bitterness, maybe if something in your past has been something that has been done to you versus something that you've done. So, hmm. I don't have much to say. Anybody else have any comments on that? <laughs> I shared it in a sermon before, but when I was involved in politics, I felt slighted by some leaders, if you will. Hmm. And I was very bitter. Mm. for, I don't know, I guess it was a number of months. Uh, thankfully, I had my faith background, and one of the things I came to realize was I had, I, I had to deal with it and forgive and let it go. Right. Because I, I was seeing it, it was making me very bitter. And once, I mean, I didn't call them up and say, hey, you need to forgive me or I'm going to forgive you, because they wouldn't have understood that. But, but obviously, I still remember it, and I learned from it so that when... You know, there there were people at some point that would ask me about running for office, and it gave me a perspective on what to tell them because mm-hmm. I learned something from it. But I also had to let it go so it didn't consume me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bitter's not better. Nope, not at all. Uh, you can't undo your past. Uh, you can't go back. Yeah, it'd be great if we got do-overs. We don't, and maybe you can't even untangle all the knots and all the hurts that you have done or that have been done to you. Those just might be things that are going to be a part of your life. But you can learn from them and you can move on from them. But it requires conscious thought and determined action to do that. You don't just do it. You have to think about doing it. You have to, once again, face those hurts and those resentments and maybe some of that guilt head on. Ask God to forgive you. Uh, Forgive yourself. Or maybe ask someone else to forgive you if that's part of part of the equation. Um, Paul, who had all kinds of regrets in his life and, and mistakes that he had made, writes these words. He goes, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't consider myself to have arrived. Now he's talking spiritually, but I think we can apply that also to just arrived in our ability to deal with life in general. Nor do I consider myself perfect, but I keep going on. 
and I concentrate on this. I leave the past behind, and with hands outstretched to whatever lies ahead, I go forward towards the goal. So I just love the fact that he is one of those people that talks about, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving that behind me, and I'm just going to keep moving forward towards my, towards my goal of greater faith, my goal of being connected to Christ. Um, it's so important for us to remember that we can't live in the past. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good place to be. How's that phrase? There's no future in the past. <laughs> I believe so. Um, I think you said that. I did. Yeah. I did. I'm so smart that way. Man. It's modest, just amazing. Man. So modest. It's one of my best qualities. <laughs> well, I think, um, I don't know if you said it or if it just popped up, but it was like, um, like we are not our circumstances. So it's like in those situations, whatever that circumstance is, you don't have to carry that with you forever because it's not, we are not that circumstance. We get to move past it and... Yes. Okay. Say goodbye to it. <laughs> you can't always control your circumstances. True. A lot of people in Ukraine, they cannot control what's going on. The only thing they can control is how they respond to it, how they react to it. You can't control the things that have happened to you in the past, but you can control your response to them. Um, and then really the final thing, I mean, we've been talking a lot about a lot of psychological things here. Um, and there's just a lot of biblical examples of this, of people in the Bible who have made mistakes people who followed Christ, people in the Old Testament who made lots and lots of mistakes, um, and yet Christ was still working in their lives, still working through them, making them great people who made differences uh, in the communities around them, in the world. Um, So God works in the midst of all of those past mistakes, those failures, those hurts, and this is kind of the last point, and it's a very important one, is to remember that God's grace is greater than your problems or your failures. Um, you know, God's grace is greater than your, your difficulties, and God's forgiveness is greater than your mistakes. There is no mistake that you have made. And I know some of you have made bad mistakes, <laughs> like Tommy and Pastor Scott have made very bad mistakes. In well, I lives. thought you meant some of those people. Some of, well, them too. Uh, I'm probably the only person that hasn't made any mistakes <laughs> in the past. Uh, but no matter what mistake you've, you've made, God's grace is greater than that mistake. God's forgiveness is able to cover over a multitude of sins. Um, Second Corinthians, Paul writes these words, and I think these are, these are really good ones. My grace is all you need. I mean, we could stop there, but I won't. But he just basically <laughs> says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then Paul writes these strange words. He says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses. That's not something you hear very often. I'd love to hear a politician say that. You know what? Let's talk a little bit about some of the mistakes and weaknesses uh, that I have. Let's, I'm going to boast about those. Yeah, you're not going to hear that uh, from just about anybody. But listen, we said, so I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ can work through me. Let's just think about that for a second. In our weaknesses, God's power is allowed to work a little bit more freely. Why is that? Let me turn to my distinguished panel and ask them that very question. Why do you think that the power of Christ can work through someone in their weaknesses? Let me answer with an example, because I know it's happened to you and me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There have been a number of times when I feel the sermon I just delivered was a real loser. A dud. A dud. And it seems like then people say, boy, that just really spoke to me. Mm. 
And what it makes me realize is that it isn't me, but it's the Holy Spirit that works through us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what this is getting at, is that uh, when we kind of back off and let God be at work through his Holy Spirit, uh, through our weaknesses, through our situations, uh, amazing things can happen. But if we try to do it all ourselves, I've got this, I can do this. But it's all things are possible with God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ. Yeah. I can't just do all things no. through my own wherewithal. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I forget who the author was. says, ego is just stuff filled with stuff. <laughs> Or self, self-stuffed with stuff. Oh. Yeah, and so it's this idea that our egos, when we just too much of ourselves, we, it just gets in the way. Go ahead. That's what I'm going to say. I think that um, his power works, the power works best in our weakness because when we're at our weakest comes a, a point of desperation where we are looking beyond what we're able to, to kind of, back to what you said, what we're kind of able to do. And mm-hmm. then, we, you know, there is that, when we're at our weakest, it is that, that feeling of um, powerlessness and, and desperation that kind of allows us to be more receptive to that to that work taking place. Whereas when we're not weak, we kind of are like riding that high of like, yeah, I got this figured out. You know what Look I mean? The, I don't need you. Yeah. I don't need God. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it was at this point you said it in your sermon, I totally agree, is that uh, it's, it, it's harder in many ways, to be a Christian mm-hmm. in this country, because most of us have it so good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, not not harder to be a Christian, maybe easier to ignore God. Easier, maybe, and that's yeah, maybe yeah. that's a maybe it would have been a better way to put it. Um, next time I preach this sermon, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll change that phrase. Because we, you know, not everybody, but by and large, we have roof over our head, we have plenty to eat, we have transportation. Mm-hmm. You we know, have creature comforts. Exactly. Lots of things to distract yeah. us. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and again, I you know, keep going back to Ukraine, but I look at these poor folks who, I mean, they're literally leaving their home with what they can carry. Mm-hmm. None of, very few of us are facing that. Right. Leaving family members behind, husbands, when, uh, brothers. When, when I was in seminary, one of the um, uh, graduates of Luther Seminary, um, Simonson was his name, I think it was Bread for the World he was mm-hmm. head of, and he was speaking and he said, if you want to really see God at work, come to Africa. Yep. And, Amen. And, and his... Fleshing that out, what he said was, he said, they have nothing else except their faith because mm-hmm. they don't have food. They don't have enough to eat. And he said, I've seen lightning strike out of the clear blue sky. He said, I've seen limbs grow. And he said, we we don't buy into that here because we just go to the doctor or, you know, whatever. But he said, all they can do is pray. All they yeah. can do is believe. If you want to see God at work, he said, come to Africa. You know, there is there's something so powerful to that. You know, I, Some of you know that I've traveled to Africa twice but my gosh my son's been four times my wife's been like five times and my daughter's been a couple times as well but we've also gone to mexico uh where it's not as bad as africa uh mexico is kind of a second world country you know they they have some things but not a lot but in africa it's just, that is so true they they will have an all-day celebration to dedicate clean water can you imagine us celebrating clean water we just we're just upset if we don't have pure water you know and they they give they will thank the people that have made it possible 
for them to have clean water or food or education for their children so profusely. Whereas we just get upset if we don't have those things. That's right. You know, um, I, I think there's something profound in that. And then Paul goes on to write, and I just want to finish up this little sentence here from Second Corinthians. He says, that's why I find comfort in my weaknesses. I find comfort in my hardships. I find comfort in my troubles um, that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then the Lord makes me strong. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of you have experienced the power of Christ at work in your life in very difficult times. Many of you that are with us, you have dealt with the loss of a loved one and found God giving you the strength to get through that. You have dealt with the loss of a job or a difficulty in your life and you have seen God at work in your lives to help you through that time, making you strong at your weakest moments. And so my prayer for you is that you will not get spiritual amnesia when the next difficulty or hardship comes along. Remember that God has worked for you in the past, making you strong in your weaknesses, and he will continue to do that because that is what God promises to do. Um, resilience. It is not easy to have, and it just seems like the hits keep on coming. I was texting with a friend of mine the other day, and she was just like, it just never ends. And I was like, that's true. Um, unfortunately, that's called life. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't mean to say it lightly, and I don't mean to say that dismissively, like struggles your struggles don't matter. That's not what I'm saying. But life, in life, the hits can keep on coming. If, if you are in a good place right now in your life, you should be so thankful. Um, if everybody's healthy um, and you are not experiencing any personal hardships, and the only hardships you're experiencing is when you watch the news, well, A, don't watch as much news. Uh, and B, be thankful for the uh, the many blessings in your life. But... If you're in the midst of a difficulty, you got family members in Ukraine and you're worried about them, you have health issues you're dealing with, right? Make sure that you are always, always turning to God, trusting that He's going to see you through that time uh, as well. Right. That's all I've got. You guys got anything to add to that? Amen. Amen. Guys, join us again. Uh, any. And those of you listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate yeah, that. We're glad you were here. I hope that. Uh, I hope this will develop, help you develop a little bit more resilience in your life. Amen. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sam. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deeper. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day. Amen.